tell you something you already know the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows it's a very mean and nasty place and i don't care how tough you are it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it you me or nobody is going to hit as hard as life but it ain't about how hard you hit it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward how much you can take and keep moving forward that's how winning is done now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. All right. Welcome back to another week of Muskies on Tap. We got the sad boy music playing this week, and we got two sad boys on the mic tonight. Uh, that would be Muskies on Tap members, Brian and Max. They uh they had a rough go at the PMCC. I'll just I'll just say it straight up. It's uh it's hard to hear, but you know, we're gonna we're still gonna talk about it. Uh, I know they had some high hopes and and uh I think they did too, but ended up being a tough weekend and and we'll talk about that tonight. We also have uh, our second guest ever that's coming on tonight, and that's Clayton Spees. He got one fish in the PMCC, and 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 I think we're gonna talk a little bit on that, and maybe just kind of talk about himself and and what he's been doing up here, and and his guide business, and all that good stuff. So we'll get into that later in the podcast. But for right now, I'll I'll quick introduce the other Muskies on Tap members, and and the first one is Max Manti. How you doing tonight, Max? Hey Gus, how you doing? <laughs> I'm I'm doing good. How about you, man? <laughs> Long car ride home back to Minneapolis today. Tell you what, buddy. Long car ride home. Had some traffic coming into town. A lot to think about. A lot of my mind. Just a tough weekend. So you better call up Sad Boy because I think you just joined the Sad Boy Club. Sad yeah. Boy Musky Club. Sending in my initiation papers. I uh, think I'll be given the green stamp of approval pretty quickly here after we talk about uh, how our last two and a half days have gone. But why don't you kick it over to my uh, partner over there? Yeah, yeah, Brian. How are how are you doing tonight? How you feeling? Uh, I am. Uh, I'm beat up. And uh, my body gets a lot more sore when we're just endlessly casting and not catching fish. I don't know if there's any signs behind that, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty beat and mentally fried and uh, just totally confused as to what we did wrong. Maybe we were just unlucky, but uh, hopefully when we talk to Clayton later, he can let us in on some of the secrets and tell us what the hell we were doing wrong. Musky fishing is hard, man. It's hard. Just hard. It's hard. Sometimes it's not fun. <laughs> Humbling, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so, we had some bold predictions last week, and uh, safe to say we didn't even uh, scratch the surface on those, so we'll get them next time. Yeah, I just like would to clarify when I told you to take out your mortgage and <laughs> that was not betting advice and uh, place it on us to catch over one and a half fish. I'm not bound by that legally. Yeah, wanted to put a little disclaimer in there because <laughs> man, you would have lost. <laughs> before you guys keep rambling on too much about this uh you guys by chance tonight have anything on tap that you're drinking to kind of drown out the sorrows and you know look forward to another weekend tell you what if if i uh wasn't getting up super early for work i'd uh probably find a bottle of everclear and help my body heal itself how about you, Max? You joining me? Oh, my. Yeah. Well, not to be, like, super depressing, but I just moved into a new apartment, so, like, I came back to kind of an empty shoebox. Uh, no booze or beer in the fridge right now, and the great state of Minnesota's liquor laws on Sunday are horrendous, so they close up shop uh, prior to when I got back. So you, I'm you just can buy, you can drinking buy two, a cold 2% glass of water. beer, I think. Yeah, not after six. <laughs> whatever, whatever. So yeah, I just I got a glass of ice water. Next next week I'll next week I'll come come more prepared. Awesome. Well, for myself tonight, I am rocking a bushlight peach. First time drinking it, and I gotta say, I'm actually pretty impressed. I know some people don't really like the fruitiness. I do like you know, fruity flavors and, and drinks sometimes. And, and I got to say, this is quite refreshing and I'm glad I accidentally bought a 30 pack without ever having one before. So accidentally. Quite, yeah. Quite refreshing. <laughs> huh? Sounds nice. Seem like you're in a good mood. <laughs> talking yeah, about, yeah. Talking about fruity beers. It's like somebody <laughs> caught some fish tonight or something. Yeah. Maybe a couple. I don't know if we need to talk about that too much, but okay, I think the, the spotlight three, is three, four couple three four well we'll we'll kick over the spotlight back to you guys what i would like to know is that it sounded like you're very confident in your first spot what was going through your head after you finished that first spot maybe give the listeners a little insight on what happened and then what your next thoughts were after that we uh we had we stuck to the game plan that we pretty much developed you know earlier in the week um kind of our a1 spot in the chain and um you know we had heard from you gus and from pre-fishing friday that the bug hatch was in full effect and that a lot of the fish are going to be kind of displaced from their typical summer spots and kind of out in the basins but we went to our number one confidence spot in the chain like any time of the year and um uh, we were probably on it for an hour there. Uh, I think it took us 30 minutes to get to this spot. So we probably fished at 730, 8:30. Fished it for probably a half hour. Didn't see anything, no signs of life. Um, just stuck to the spot. And then I think Max moved the first little fish, probably, I don't know, around 32 incher. Um, what were you using at the time, Max? Just some double eights. Double eights. And then I think probably. 30 yards uh down this this weed line i moved one god i can't remember now was it i think it was a crane bait yeah yeah i moved it on the crane bait um came in super 
slow and lethargic and probably eight feet behind the bait and kind of right as I got into the shadow of the boat just turned and darted off um so moved two fish at our first spot which you know we love to have caught one right away um first thing in the morning but I, I mean it didn't hinder my confidence at all and you know I was would have been a lot less confident if we fished our a1 spot and didn't see anything to start the day so um, I was still feeling good at the time. I don't know, Max, would you say the same? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was feeling good, I think, after spot one. I mean, we like you said, you know, moving two fish. I guess I'd, I'd kind of want to go back a little bit and start, you know, during our pre-fishing day. We ended up doing some trolling in Gus's boat, which, you know, was equipped with the live scope and a little bit bigger uh, monitor stuff like that so it was a little bit kind of easier to see what was going on out there and that was kind of our strategy was trying to dial in a pattern yeah and as you know we had the the 16 foot ranger uh with just a lot less tech and you know smaller whatever so it when we were pre-fishing on friday you know i think the most we, we felt pretty confident that the most of the fish were going to be pushed off of the weeds um but our thought process i think mostly was okay, you know, there's going to be fish caught in weeds in this tournament. There's going to be probably uh, more fish caught in open water, but with the tech we had and kind of our boat that we were running, we just felt confident that if we hit our, you know, really well-known kind of weed line areas and either had one person casting up into the weeds and then one person casting off the break, eventually something was going to kind of pop. And so that was the game plan. Um, we didn't really do well pre-fishing, uh, during the week. So I know you were out there a few nights, Gus, and I came up on Thursday. So, you know, I guess the confidence level is always, always feels fairly high in the chain just cause we we've been fishing it for so long, but didn't really feel like, I mean, and we necessarily dialed anything in pre-fishing. We just felt like, okay, this is going to be the bite. You know, everyone seemed to be a little bit uniform on it, talking with people at the rules meeting and stuff like that. I would not have guessed after moving those first two fish on Saturday morning, spoiler alert, to not see another muskie for the next 14 hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, never it, fun. Never fun. Just, That's never fun in any situation, let alone a tournament, really. Yeah. You know, you can go ahead, Brian. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say. I was going to kind of just break down the chain of events, but uh, yeah, a little spoiler alert there. Those first two fish are the last for us <laughs> other than a couple measly pike and a trophy walleye we didn't see anything we were after <laughs> yeah we don't really need to belabor it too much well yeah we we can the the silver lining of the weekend the highlight of it was brian's like 26 inch walleye he caught uh while hand trolling which is an event in itself like anytime you go try to yeah eat from a, we were literally passing a gardetto's bag back and forth <laughs> <laughs> trying to take turns on who is going to eat it because we're like you know the second we stuff our hand in this gardetto's bag we're the rod's going to come flying out of our lap that we were trying to wedge in between our legs so yeah i i didn't think going in i you know i i was expecting to troll and i didn't think hand trolling was going to be that big of an issue but uh i learned this weekend it's not ideal it's not <laughs> ideal by any means yeah, people that musky fish can relate to this. Like when when things feel off or start to go south, like it it's hard to kind of regain that confidence. Um, especially like when stuff that was there the day before just completely flips the next day. And and that I think is essentially what happened to us. I mean, we had 
weed beds and shorelines kind of mapped out that were adjacent to really big bug hatches. And we were going to stick with that strategy of, you know, one person casting off the break, the other person casting in the weeds um, and kind of just combing through those areas. We got out there Saturday morning. Uh, the original spot that we started on, the one that we felt really good about, um, you know, that was loaded with bait right off of the break Friday morning. We got there on Saturday and when I was driving up to the spot, I was like, ooh, no bugs, no bait. And as we were moving around the, the you know, kind of the edge, just it was it, all of it was vacated. And same thing happened for spot two, three, four. And we really didn't find bait and bugs till like late morning, uh, which is when we started doing that hand trolling stuff. Now, maybe with obviously not giving away spots or lakes or anything. And I'm definitely curious about this too, because I was on the chain with you pre-fishing, but then obviously I was not there during the tournament. Do you think, or maybe just like in your head, have like a little reason on why those bugs weren't there? Do you think it was because that hatch in that area was done or was there a wind switch? Did something get pushed in the different direction or, or what went on there? You think? I mean, it's hard to say like, I guess the one thing that really frustrated me was there's one spot in particular that we've now done this a few years in a row where like it is always loaded with bug during this bug hatch. It's always loaded with bugs, always loaded with bait. So when we weren't finding it, we switched lakes to go to this area specifically to hand troll because it's where we had success, our minimal success pre-fishing. And we got there and started hand trolling and it was like, it was a, just an empty room. There was nothing there. And that's when I was like, okay, we got to figure something else out and pivot. Yeah, it it was weird because, you know, I'm like we were saying, I know where all this bait is right off of these weed lines and kind of out into the basin more. Um, and it wasn't particularly, it definitely wasn't a consistent win on Saturday. So there was like a few times where the wind picked up momentarily, like 10 minute spurts, and then it would just totally kill and it'd be bluebird and glass across the whole lake. So I don't know. I I don't think that's enough wind to just totally blow these bugs like scattered all around. I feel like it has to be more consistent than that. So I don't know what it did overnight. But yeah, especially Sunday too. Sunday makes more sense that they're more scattered in new spots because it's just consistent wind. Yeah, I think I think that you know makes sense, guys. It's it's tough when you have something for the most part dialed before a tournament, and then you go into the tournament and just shit hits the fan and nothing looks right and your spots are just vacated it's not it's not good it's not a good feeling like it just it definitely stinks and and i mean something that we've definitely noticed with this spring and i don't know if it's just something that we it was going over our heads but in previous years but those those bug fish they're mobile i mean and as you can see that those spots are just like yeah, it's like re-upping on fish. It's a re like a reload spot, as we like to call it. You know, it's a fish reloader. You know, it's a really good spot, but it's just like you know that that fish, you know, that spot's gonna keep reloading fish, and that's what these fish I think are doing in those bugs, and it and it's just tough when you gotta chase them around, and I think that's almost harder when you pre-fish it. And I remember talking to somebody, and I can't remember who I talked to. But he's saying, he's like, why are these people pre-fishing so much on these bugs? They're just going to change every day. And I remember listening to that. I'm like, wow, yeah, that's, I mean, it makes sense because the weather, we looked at the weekend weather and like the whole week's the same. You had a pattern going there and the guy's like, the weather's going to change. Like 
everything's just going to be like completely different. <laughs> so like, there's just a bunch of people that probably had nothing going in the tournament and they just go in their spots and all of a sudden they're loaded, you know, like yeah. there's the luck aspect. Heard that. Yeah. So I, I think for us, what, you know, what kind of started to dip our spirits a bit and just confuse us was it was a blessing and a curse that we moved two fish in the weeds, you know, first spot on Saturday. And we're like, okay, so there's still some fish in the weeds amongst this bug hatch. I think we tried a couple more weed spots. And then I think pretty quickly we went, you know, a full two cast lengths off a break, you know, to try and like cast the bug hatch. Um, Didn't see anything or raise any fish. Spoiler, didn't raise any fish the rest of the tournament, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, it, it was hard for us to just like hand troll endlessly the whole day. Like, I mean, you get so tuned out, you get tired of holding the rod, you want to just stretch your body, <laughs> you can't do anything. But, you know, then in the back of our head, we're like, all right, well, there's going to be some fish shallow. You just got to find, you know, a couple active males that are full of piss and vinegar at 31 inches and try our luck <laughs> that way. Um, and yeah, I mean, that didn't pay off either. So we, we literally flip flop strategies, every spot. It felt like we'd be in the weeds next spot. We'd go two casts off and fish kind of the basin. Then we'd be, get tired of ripping rubber and we'd go back to hand trolling for 20 minutes. <laughs> and I mean, it was just back and forth the whole time. And I like, didn't hate the strategy. It felt like like these were all great spots and we just had to like eventually come across a fish I wanted to eat and just never happened. So yeah. we had a, we had a, we had a, like a 30 minute stretch on Saturday. That was like, just like a total kick in the ass where, I, you know, we're working with limited supplies and I dumped our only split ring pyres into the water. So oh, I was, yeah. I was, had the, I was not able to change baits there for a bit. A little, uh, a little, a little learning moment for everybody listening. Do not try and change your bait over the edge of the boat. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got like stabbed by a hook, and I kind of flinched, and then splitting pliers dumps, <laughs> and then like a few minutes after that, um, Brian catches like a twenty-six inch walleye. So obviously, you know, we're thinking we finally just pegged a fish, and um, you know, he reels up this monster chain walleye that yeah, most yeah. uneventful like trophy like catch i guess you call it I, walleye yeah. went right over a steep break and max had said five seconds before i caught it like you might hit bottom and then i'm you know hand trolling it and all of a sudden i just feel like a heavy weight in the end of my line i'm like yeah and i start reeling it up and I'm like wait that's a fish skimming across the water <laughs> so yeah and i mean then, it, it was cool to see but i think five minutes after that you got a knot in your line for anyone listening to this right now if you want to hear some fish stories just hit that fast forward button until we get to the Clayton interview. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of keep going. Yeah. You, you can call yeah, it if you want, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I'll just say like Saturday, like what made it even more confusing than we made a lake change. Like you had said, Max, we trolled around the same spot where we had a little bit of success pre-fishing. And then shortly thereafter, this big front moved in. The wind went from zero to like, 20 for 10 minutes getting tossed um, out there <laughs> yeah and it felt like it felt like okay you know 80 percent of the guys in this tournament are catching a fish right now like this is a bite window it has to be um so just one of the many times we got absolutely fooled and nothing happened during what seemed to be a perfect bite window 
Um, and then, yeah, that wind totally cuts out. We're back to blue skies and sun. And now we're like, all right, <laughs> the <laughs> and, hell do we do? And with, with 85, 90 degrees and sun with no wind on a Saturday on the chain. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't want to sound like I, I feel like I'm typically an optimistic person, but Gus, like you saw me after Saturday, I was just <laughs> like letting it all out when we met up Saturday night. I mean, the chain was bumping, like bumping. We had the double decker. Party boats going, blasting music, tossing beers back and forth between pontoon boats, you know, front ends of pontoon boats, submarining going into the channels because there's people hanging on the front. Like, it is just not your, like, typical musky fishing atmosphere. Um, You know, you're trying to grind out, like, a 33-inch fish, and, like, you're freaking watching people, like, dance their faces off to, like, a dumb Morgan Wallen song or something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it was funny. Um, But it was a rough day, man. It just was, like, just never really felt like we were on it. Um, And that clock starts moving pretty fast in tournaments when, you know, like, it it moves fast in a way. And, obviously, it's, it's slow when you're not catching fish. But, like, when you're trying to figure it out and you're just moving spot after spot after spot and you keep thinking something's going to happen, you know, four o'clock snuck up on us like that. And I don't know, Brian, like I would say, you know, there were fish caught, obviously some really nice fish caught on, on Saturday. So we knew it was doable. Um, and we saw the weather coming into Sunday. So I, I think we felt okay heading into today, but I think today was the true, the true backbreaker. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I was so just mentally and physically beat up after Saturday that like I had just wrote us off on contending in the tournament going into Sunday and was more yeah. so just like, I, I just got to see like a fish. Like it's it like just, a pride thing at that point. We're on yeah, home water. Yeah, I, like it just, yeah. Just got to like catch a fish. And uh, Sunday seemed like, you know, absolutely perfect musky conditions in the middle of summer you know, a, a decent temperature change, rain and wind and thick clouds moving in. Um, we dodged all the lightning, so we got to fish a full day today on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of, I don't know. I, it's tough to say, like, our decisions were wrong. I mean, people were catching them in the weeds, and that's where we started today. And, and you know, sprinkle, it turned into torrential downpour. And <laughs> um, it felt so right. I, I threw flap tail for probably an hour straight just like it it was such juicy conditions and yeah once again no life there's nothing worse than being like really sad and then a torrential downpour happens and then you're just wet (laughs) on the boat we were like wet cats out there just yeah (laughs) it's like god something good's gotta happen soon like 30 minutes left i hooked a pike in the back so it felt really big yeah that was exciting for about three seconds i mean it was just it was tough it just was Um, yeah it was one of those where like you know come come like 10 a.m on or 10 a.m today we had two hours left and you're just sitting there weighing like all right I kind of want to get the hell out of here, but I really want to catch a fish. <laughs> Is it worth it? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't get lucky. I'll just say that. Hang your hat on that. Yeah, not not all tournaments are bangers. I mean, I think you know, small victories from the weekend. We're still friends. Yeah. Uh, definitely want to do this again and get some revenge. Whether it's you know this tournament next year if it happens or a different one. Other than that, you know about it.
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you guys enjoy your time out there? Yeah, it's always fun being out there, but it tell you what, it pisses you off pretty quick. Yeah, I, I had a good it... time. I think it was just frustrated. Um, I was more so frustrated on Saturday because, like, I think, you know, we were joking around, and it, and it ended up being a shit show. But, like, I think there were some expectations of at least putting on a good showing, you know, and getting a fish or two, you know, would have been obviously great. Uh, but it happens, man. I mean, it's musky fishing, you know. I mean, Gus, we've we've struggled historically. I mean, we've done four tournaments on the chain, and we've only done okay or good, and you know, really one of them. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we we've struggled sometimes when like there's you know money on the line or it's a tournament aspect on the chain. Sometimes it's just it's that home water thing. I don't know. It screws with people for tournament fishing because it's like they go, they just go to the spots that they know, and that's it. Whereas the people coming in from all over the place they're kind of coming in with that open mind and looking for little things that we might just be completely missing i i think if i could do anything differently this last weekend is i think what what brian and i ended up falling back on after we kind of fell out of a pattern was we just went on like straight history we just kept being like well we we caught a fish here let's go here we caught a fish there let's go there and then we'd get you know frustrated when we didn't see anything or whatever. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I'm most frustrated after fishing today just because like Saturday was mostly bluebird, you know, just yeah, jam packed true. action, jet skiers, everything. Like it just, fe- it didn't feel like a musky fishing day at all. So there was I mean, 55 I, boats in the area at one point when we were yeah, trying to fish. We it were was ridiculous. You're at least we had we had good excuses saturday um to blame our poor fishing on but sunday we really didn't have an excuse and honestly the muskies don't have an excuse to not beating our baits because it was just perfect conditions just seemed like everything was aligning and uh yeah just made me like even more confused if that was possible after saturday so um yeah i don't know i i don't have any regrets with the way we fished, um, but it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Gus, you got any more questions for the sad boys? Well, I know when I was you know, out this weekend, it was a really bummer for, for me to hear from you guys that you were struggling. But, I mean, it's just – it happens, man. It's musky fishing, and, and I think we got – we got some really good fishing ahead with, with the three of us and maybe some more people coming up. I know you guys are going to be up for the 4th of July, so there's going to be some more, all three of us, muskies on tap, fishing going on, and we're going to be talking about that in the upcoming podcast. So definitely hoping we can have some really good fish stories in there and and good catches and kind of you know what's been working. I'm excited to get back after. I think weekends like this actually make me – more excited to musky fish again which is just seems because like, we are at we're, we're at rock bottom can't get any worse <laughs> yeah i mean it almost seems kind of psychotic like just keep doing it um but yeah no i'm i'm really excited to fit it's not all doom and gloom over here look like yeah are we bummed we sucked this weekend sure absolutely um but it, it was a fun time like we it was fun chopping it up um honestly gus like it was really interesting not fishing in a tournament with you like on our you know normal boat with all the normal tech like that was kind of a fun challenge in itself i mean 
obviously, you know, would have been cool to overcome those challenges, but, um, yeah, it was, you know, it, it was still fun. And, uh, Brian and I, I think we'll be back. I think, I think we'll, we'll get in another tournament together. Just, think, oh, just okay. give me like three, yeah. three days to heal a little bit and then I'll be yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, little different tune tonight than it was last week, but you know, that's, that's all right. We'll, we'll get the confidence back up. Over hopefully the next hopefully nobody weeks. remembers last week's pod, but, yeah. uh, if you yeah. listen, no, you didn't. You didn't hear yeah. it. There was nothing yeah. said. <laughs> I think I think that kind of wraps up the little recap there. And I think we should I think we should dial up our conversation we're about to have with Clayton Spees. I think it's gonna be a good one. I'm I'm looking I'm really looking forward to it. A guy that catches fish inbound. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm pumped. All right, now we'll bring on our official second ever guest of Muskies on Tap, Clayton Spies. Spice. Hopefully, I pronounced that. Spies, you got it right the first time. All right, perfect. Well, <laughs> thank yeah, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, we brought you on because my uh, my partner and I, Brian, obviously struggled quite immensely in the PMCC this weekend, as you just heard. But you managed to fish, so we're curious to hear. How'd you prepare? You know, what was your thoughts going into the tournament? How'd you end up getting that, that fish? Well, yeah. So yeah, thanks for having me on. First of all, pretty excited about that. And been listening to you guys from since day one. So I like the content, keep up the good work. Thanks. But, um, yeah, yeah so I can ramble on all night about this, I guess, but <laughs> I pre-fished the crap out of the chain. Both of them actually a little bit, a lot of trolling this time of year. Um, with the bug hatch or the mayflies, I guess, as you will, starting to hatch out on the lakes. Typically, for me, I in the last three years, I've been starting to troll and just kind of learning a little more and more every year and uh, found out that typically this time of year, we do really well trolling. And uh, that was my main focus. And uh, we definitely got dialed in all week I stayed on top of them. I was out every day on one of the two chains and pretty much followed the progression and uh yeah just went with it. So, so oh, go ahead Brian, you can go ahead. Yeah, so we we uh we obviously just stuck on the Eagle River chain. Did you notice distinct differences between Three Lakes and Eagle River chain when you were pre-fishing? Very much. Yeah. Was it like less bug hatch over there? It's kind of what we heard, but yeah, I think it was less, but then I found out um, from some Three Lakes guys that they found a mega bug hatch on two lakes out there about two weeks ago. Um, and it was so big, though, that it filled the entire lake and they couldn't really pattern the fish at all. So that actually didn't help them. But during the tournament and the week upcoming, I felt that the bug hatch was setting up way better on Eagle River than Three Lakes. Did you notice at all that the hatches were kind of popping up in different places every single day? Because one thing that we, you know, saw an area that we pre-fished on Friday that was completely loaded with bugs um, was vacant on Saturday. And that kind of threw us for a loop. And then honestly, just driving from spot to spot today, uh, we can kind of get into like the difference, what the, the different weather that kind of came in and everything. And if that changed your mindset, but just driving from spots today, all of a sudden bugs were popping up in places that 
there were no bugs Friday and yesterday as well. So I don't know if you guys saw that too, but that was something that just put our minds into a complete pretzel. Yeah, most definitely. I thought that this was actually one of the harder hatches for me to follow because I don't know, during the week it was super calm. You guys know, you know, sunny and hot. And I felt like without the wind, the bug hatches were very distinct, very small areas that were popping a ton of bugs and they would all stay in the same spot versus typically we have some wind at some point that kind of spreads it out across maybe a basin and mm-hmm. it's easier to troll. Um, I found that it did change every single day and particularly <laughs> from Friday until Saturday was the biggest change. And that was probably what hurt us the most. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we, we tried our hand at trolling a little bit on Saturday with the limited stuff we had. I mean, we, we didn't have rod holders, so like we couldn't even eat lunch or have a snack or take a drink of water without being afraid <laughs> that we were, we were going to get the rod ripped out of our hands. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but Brian ended up catching like a 26 inch walleye. Yes. <laughs> so that happens awesome. more than you would think, <laughs> but that's awesome. I mean, that's yeah. a good push out there. Right. That was our, I guess, one shiny moment for the weekend. Um, didn't, didn't really get to enjoy it being that it was during a tournament because we were like, oh, my God, there's actually a fish on this. And then, oh, it's just a giant walleye. Chuck it back. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice today, today being Sunday, um, something that was really unique that I had never seen before? And, and you've been fishing the Eagle River area for a little bit longer than I have, I know. And But this was something I had never seen before where we were coming up on to – certain spots that we were going to fish and looking at our, our 2d and granted it's a small screen, a little bit older model, but it almost looked like the weed edge was extended. There were so many bugs up tight to the brakes and normally they're kind of hanging out over big mud flats where you can kind of roam around. And that still was going on today, but it was almost like I was tripped out where I was seeing like there was so thick on the the brakes that it almost looked like an extended weed edge, you know, if you will. So yeah, that happened. Um, that actually happened for us on Saturday too. Okay. And, uh, like it would get to be so thick that your, my graph was reading four feet deep when it was 12 feet and we were on the break and that definitely changed where the fish were because we were catching fish in the basin all week pre-fishing and last weekend. And, uh, we barely saw a fish out in the basin. I mean, I know they were out there cause I watched people sharpshoot them and catch them today. Yeah. So there were still some out there, but, um, we saw over 20 fish this weekend. Um, oh I would God. say 98% of them were on the break. Yeah. Oh. And that, <laughs> yeah, it's like, Oh, I don't know what the hell we did wrong. I mean, we, we fished we the that on the break, way off the break. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So you said you were seeing a lot of fish. Did you, on top of the fish you caught, did you guys have any other rips or any chances that could have kind of bumped you, pumped you up? Yeah. Um, you know, typically, well, for us, for me personally, I typically don't lose fish that often. Maybe our hookup rates probably about 90% with, I found mono seems to work better with small baits and out there with a medium rod personally. Yeah. Um, but, uh, very high success rate for hits and hookups. And, uh, we dumped two this weekend. One of them was probably a pretty good one. Damn. Uh, we didn't get to see it, but the first one we dumped maybe wouldn't have registered. And, uh, basically Josh, my partner was able to grab the rod out of the holder and put bend in the rod lift up. And, uh, the fish went 
just skied right out of the water, came from whatever depth it was at, <laughs> launched in through the bait. And I was like, what the heck? You know, of course that would happen during a tournament. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God. Did, that's did you guys only troll them the whole time or did you cast a little bit? Uh, we casted today at from 1030 until about 1130. Okay. Yeah. yeah I was, we had we were... ran out of bait and ran out of fish. <laughs> and we heard how many fish were getting caught and i was like let's just what do you feel like doing josh he's like oh let's go cast for a bit and then i raised like a 38 on my second cast <laughs> so yeah we we saw you this morning um i think you started kind of out in the basin a little bit more yep. yeah i guess in our head we felt like with the front pushing in like these fish were going to move up at least to the break line of the weeds or in the weeds i mean what what was your thought process going into it they they weren't going to move much I thought that the fish that were on the breaks would move up into the weeds or the fish that were in the weeds would go super shallow. And I thought that the basin fish or the fish feeding on the bait would stay out there. I didn't think that they would move yet. Okay. And um, I don't think they really did move this morning. Um, they were all out there. Do you think yesterday. that, do you think that the water clarity, I mean, it was, really clear relative for Eagle river chain. Do you think the water clarity played into that at all with just fish, not really feeling comfortable shallow right now, because it was weird seeing like, you know, actually visually seeing weed beds on the chain. I'm not as, as used to that really. Cause I mean, by the time we really get into fishing the chain, normally it's either later in the summer or during this bug hatch when we're just trolling. But when we were, kind of picking through some weed pockets like we were just visually seeing you know huge beds kind of casting around them which is not a typical thing we've done on the chain i can't say that i've ever seen it this clear by this late in june right yeah and i thought that maybe that would hinder but maybe hinder more so the casters up in the weeds um but i honestly wasn't really thinking if anything that that might help us draw fish from further away and it actually could have because the two rips that we lost, I never saw those fish prior, but I did call the shots on fish that we marked and then did catch the one yesterday and a short today. But I thought maybe we were pulling fish out of the weeds. We were getting so close to the breaks and oh. that they were screaming out of the weeds. And because as soon as we'd turn out to the base and we'd get rocked. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, we, I, I, that was one thing that came up in my head when we were fishing today. And like, it was kind of goes back to my prior question of seeing so many of those bugs on the, like tight to the brake lines. It was like, man, if we could troll and actually be accurate and consistent, but we just weren't dialed in enough. Like our tech was just not quite there. It was funny. Like, you know, we, we had our old graph and our old waypoints and there were waypoints that we had that I know that we had you know, plotted them for like weed edges and stuff like that, just completely void of any weeds. It just was, yeah. it was so bizarre. I don't know, not to, it's not like I'm making excuses. Totally. I'm making excuses, but um, <laughs> it was just, that was crazy. Like the, the whole chain just, it's set up differently. I mean, I haven't been fishing it as much as I probably should going into this tournament. I mean, we just felt lost. So that, you know, I'm glad that we got to talk to you kind of, I guess it, I don't know, validified some of our thoughts. Uh, we just didn't really put them into practice as good as yeah. we probably yeah. should have. Yeah. So I, I have one more question in terms of your strategy with trolling, like especially with the bug hatch. Are you picking your baits 
kind of based on like the forage that'll be feeding on these bugs or do you kind of have like your favorite trolling baits that you use you know across the county <laughs> or i guess if you want to tell what baits they were or what size so well this year was different than typical i would say normally um we catch more fish on lungeon lures and there are a couple colors i mean i know i know what gus's favorite color is out there and that happens to be very similar to ours i mean we always have a walleye or brown and yellow or something running and then we switch it up and see what we can do but um up until um yesterday afternoon the big fish that we dumped everything had been on baby drs and jointed baby drs color did not matter but as long as i was running those we were we were getting fish to bite <laughs> which took me a while to figure that out but once i mean yeah. once we did then it was seemed like game on yeah there's nothing better than the feeling when you feel like you actually dial in a pattern especially before the tournament starts all right, so you're, you know, you got a storied career here in these tournaments. I I know just off the top of my head, I think we first found out your name from one of your YouTube videos you posted where you won, what was it, the National Muskie Championship that they host here in Vilas and Oneida County. Was that back? How many years ago was that? The the Alliance Tournament? Is that uh, the, uh, like know, the three-day or whatever in August? I, yeah, yeah, I know you got a few first places, so I, I think it was that one. All right, so I guess my question is, how do you kind of go about tournament fishing that's different from just like a normal every day out in the water? Like say, obviously you have like eight hours during a tournament day and you were fishing with a few buddies and you had eight hours on a Saturday or something, you're going out. Like, what are you doing differently? Do you, do you approach it any differently? Um, if you want to just talk about that, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, yeah. So I guess depending on the tournament is going to depend on how I approach it and the friends that, you know, I'm fishing with. Sure. typically if i go fun fishing now um we're trying to target big fish or go to waters that um you know i mean obviously everyone's everyone wants a big one but for fun fishing i like to go and get myself on a body of water that's known or we've seen or caught you know giants on at some point in time and uh as far as tournaments you know that alliance tournament was special that I kind of went into that as more of like a fun tournament. You know, I knew that there's no money in it. And honestly, I never thought I'd ever actually win that one. Cause it seems like it takes, it's so much about luck. You're against so many different people. And, right. you know, I fished it for years on the Eagle river chain because, well, we can always catch fish out there, but in reality, you need to find a specialty bite. There's so many people on the Eagle river chain. So many mm -hmm. fish are getting burned that the chances of you as a single person catching enough to win it, you know, isn't that high. Right. Um, so I happened to be fishing with my, well, my wife at the time, you know, my, she was my fiance at the time. And, uh, so I couldn't take it super seriously. Like with her, I knew that I wanted to go somewhere where she'd have a chance at catching fish that we'd be seeing fish, you know, and keeping her interested and in that she was having fun. Sure. And so I was more trying to cater to her and we started off on a different lake on the first day and we didn't move anything in, you know, a half a day. And I'm like, let's just go to a completely, we went from cloudy water to super clear water and like, just change it up completely. And that was on a Friday and, uh, it was rainy and crappy. And so we went to this lake, which ended up working out on Saturday, but Friday she had all the action. 
So she was so excited. Like we were out there for 10 minutes and she had probably the big one that I ended up catching up like a 45 incher on blades, just (laughs) super slow rolling over sandgrass. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) um, so she was just like absolutely stoked and so ready for Saturday. And then, um, Saturday hit complete weather change and they wanted a different bait. She didn't, there was nothing that I could give her that was big enough or she could rip fast enough to get these fish to actually eat like they would follow. But um, I had to rip as hard as I physically possibly could to get these fish to react. And uh, that was, I guess I stumbled onto that and got lucky there, but worked out pretty sweet. But um, I don't know if you guys want to chime in anytime, but otherwise I'll ramble. (laughs) Go ramble. Yeah, please. So PMTT now, you know, we've been doing the trail well, I've been fishing PMTTs for a while, but really got on the trail for is our third year doing it. It's a lot of fun. A oh, lot of fun. and so like when I first got into it, like my, I suppose my vision has changed a little bit. Like, obviously we want to win. We want to do well. Um, we have become fully sponsored, so we don't really pay for much, you know, maybe some lodging and gas or whatever, but our entry fees are paid for. We get extra cash for, you know, some of the lodging and stuff. And so I'm always like a little bit under pressure. Like we got to, you know, make sure we try and produce and then keep the sponsors happy, you know, let them know that we appreciate it and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. But I initially started because I was like, I want to see, you know, how well I can fish against, you know, the best in the, in the world or this country or whatever, you know, I think I can do this. And I was always about like trying to get my name out there and try and do well and produce and be one of the best. And now it's become so much more about camaraderie and the friends that we've made, like irreplaceable friendships over the years, like friends from all over the country, these people you only get to see a few times a year. And it just has become so much fun just hanging out. Well, now with you guys traveling with us has been pretty awesome and looking forward to the future, but like, you know, Jeremy and Trevor Barber, yeah, you know, freaking great people. We surround ourselves with you know, the people that we like and good friendships. And it just turns into so much fun, whether we catch fish or not. So we obviously still want to, you know, do well, but I'm really, I'm going to do it as long as our sponsors can, you know, foot the bill. Cause I don't think that I can really do it myself. Like, I don't think we could afford the entry fees, you know, or would afford it, I guess. And, um, we're not going to make a living off of it because it, to me, it ends up being more so about luck. Madison PMTT, we're on fish, you know, I mean, you guys know, we were catching fish pretty fishing, same thing with yeah. Kate. Yep. And it just turned into a game of timing, which more times than not, it does, you know, yeah. you got to be on the right spot at the right time. We were fishing where Lajewski was when he caught his three, we were there earlier and <laughs> we weren't there when those fish lit up. So Crazy. we're all I mean, throwing rubber, <laughs> you yeah. know, that's just when it's your time, it's your time. I've, come to find out I can't beat myself up too much. You know, there's definitely disappointments, but just focus on the future and, you know, you try and learn something every time you're out there. And I definitely am always learning. Yeah. Two, two things, I guess I'll just comment on the, the, the camaraderie aspect. I mean, I'm really new to doing the trail uh, with you guys and I, I was bummed. I couldn't make it down to cave, but I, I agree. Like the people are all awesome. And I think, you know, if you are willing to drive like over a thousand miles to musky fish for a few days or, 
or whatever, like you have a few screws loose. So to be able to hang out with some like-minded people, like it's just so easy to get along with everybody. And it's a lot of fun to talk fishing. Um, And then second about the timing thing, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I feel like a majority of the field is, has some sort of very dialed in game plan. I mean, if no matter who you talk to, I feel like pre-fishing, everybody says that they're feeling great. Right. In some capacity. Well, you have to have confidence. Otherwise, what are you doing? You know? Right. And so I, I agree a hundred percent about the timing thing. I mean, it's just like you said, I mean, I know that bite on Monona there, a lot of the people were doing the same thing. It's just, if you're, you know, bait's going to get in front of that fish at the right time and, you know, and, and you can land it. I mean, that's, I feel like that's half the battle too, right. Is actually getting them. Cause the tournament, man, when you get a fish on, like, you know, especially a big fish, the heart rate goes up on a normal day, but when you're in the tournament, it's just, yeah, it's a different animal. Yeah. You probably fight a little different, you know, and, you're doing something different than what you would be if there's no pressure. <laughs> a 35 yeah, inch will make you shake a little bit. <laughs> right. Gus and I always talk about like not, not crossing the wires when we get a fish on, like trying to stay calm and collected. And it just never happens. Like if you watch any of our videos, we're completely, you know, like essentially blacked out when a fish hits the net, we don't know what we're saying. We don't know what we're doing. It's, it's just hilarious. Yeah, what does Gus say? He's got musky block or something blockage because he never remembers it's, anything that's happening. Yeah, it's a musky blackout. It, it happens blackout, every yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gus will be like telling a story. He's like, "Yeah, you hit here, like it was on the second rip, and like you watch the video back, and it like hit both side, and you're just like that. That's not even close <laughs> to what happened." Yeah, yeah. I can't count how many times I said, "Oh, I tossed it out there. That thing hit on the second rip," and I look back at the video and I pop the bait like. <laughs> 14 times before it hit it's like halfway <laughs> back to the boat i i did that with my pmtt fish when i was telling the story at the end of the day i was like yeah i, I threw out the crankbait and i i was i was giving it some of these like big rips and then some twitches and then we look back at the video and i'm literally just like reeling with like a slow steady rip and then reeling with <laughs> <a slow steady laughs> rip. i did nothing different or good like it just Again, fish was in the right place at the right Timing. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, any other memorable tournaments from the last few years? I know that I, I don't know the full story behind this. I think I've seen the video too, but you caught, um, a 50 incher, right? In Vilas County in a tournament. Yes. Can you talk, yep. talk about that? I, I got to hear about this. Oh story. my God. So that's another, so that's another note. Not really much money involved. Uh, it's the greater Wisconsin, musky tournament or something like that and rob manti and uh saint germain chamber or whatever put that on which is a super awesome tournament can be tough because if you sign up on a lake so there's a whole bunch of different lakes you can sign up for as long as there's openings Mm -hmm. um you hit that lake during turnover and it's gonna absolutely suck um but so nick asked me to fish that one he's been doing it with his dad and you know and, and cousins or something for years it's like a one of their traditional tournaments that they do. And he asked me if I wanted to fish it one year. I was like, sure, whatever. And uh, so I was like, do you want to pre-fish at all? He's like, I don't know. It's just for fun. So we went out like one afternoon and, you know, we did, you, if you saw the video, we did like a goofy intro where he's talking about throwing a maps number five or something and probably going to get snagged a few times, you know, and we're drinking beer and like just kind of giggling and stuff. Well, like we got on a pile of fish out there and it was like, well, this is pretty cool. Like we might actually catch some fish in this thing. And, uh, so tournament morning comes around and, uh, 
We're out on the classic most community spot on the whole lake. It's a super long point that goes right out in the middle of the lake and we're working up the one side and there's a boat in front of us and there's a couple boats on the other side of the point, maybe like three. There's like five boats, like all within shouting distance. Mm -hmm. And so we're taking our time, picking it apart and stuff and uh, like made it like maybe a half hour, 45 minutes into the tournament. And I'm watching these boats all like slide out but nobody is like willing to hit the very tip of the point. They all like leave because there's another boat coming or something. Nobody probably wants to cut anybody off. So I'm like, man, nobody has like hit the very tip of this point yet. I'm like, well, we're going to fish it. So like I kind of started to hurry up because there was another boat coming. And I was like, well, I'm definitely, I don't know what they're thinking they're going to do, but I'm definitely going to get the first cast on the tip of this point, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So yeah, it was like literally chucked out mag dog and uh got a couple rips in and just got crushed and i mean obviously you know when you get into a good fish you know right away you know that's a good fish and i don't know what made me think in the video or like when i yelled i think it's a 50 because i'd never caught one before (laughs) and it just Just seemed like it was a big big one it was probably gonna be a 50 (laughs) so um yeah fought it and i'm pretty sure we caught it off guard when we netted it Cause it came in clean and we got it in right away though. It was pinned it. We, I could have fought it for an hour. It wouldn't have gotten off. Had to cut the hooks out of it and stuff, but yeah, that was super memorable. That was my first 50, um, ended up being enough to take first place. I dumped another mid thirties a little bit later, but honestly, like, I don't know if we were supposed to drink or not, but I had a bottle of crown in my boat (laughs) for like, 10 years, you know, and it was supposed to be for my first 50. So I pulled that out. We (laughs) pounded that right away, you know, and we're like, oh yeah, celebrating. And everyone that came around because everyone's like, holy shit, we saw you fighting that, you know, they wanted to see stuff and they're like, you've got it wrapped up. You've got it wrapped up. I'm like, well, let's go to the bar. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a bar on the lake. So we drive over there and we go and we get bloodies, you know, and we're like, we have a beer and I'm like, dude, I'm like, I kind of want to keep fishing. He's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, the bites on, maybe we'll get some more. And we walk out of the bar and we're just kind of, I wouldn't say we were drunk, but we staggering a little bit down, giggling down onto the dock. (laughs) and Like within a half a cast of the dock, here come a big fish porpoises. And we're like, huh? well, we better get back at it. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We, I mean, in a sense we we're worthless, but we still fished hard the rest of the tournament, you know, and yeah. gave, you know, as much as, you know, made, you know, had fun with it or whatever, but yeah, um, yeah was there was, that, nobody was going to catch that one, I guess. <laughs> was that a, was that a fall tournament? That, yeah, it's in October. Yeah. Right around, yeah. it's right around the turnover. So depending on um, sometimes lakes are done turning over, some are just starting that lake started turning over on Sunday. Um, oh. <laughs> so I think it was like a Saturday, half day Sunday. And Saturday was great. Set up perfect Sunday. I don't know what happened. It got cold and the wind switched or whatever, but it turned, started turning as we were out there fishing and really clouded up and got kind of goofy and we stopped moving fish. But wow. hmm. yeah, I would have done the same thing. That's unreal story. That's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I, never I, forget I, it. <laughs> I'm kind of just, ri- I guess I'll, I kind of riff right now. Gus, Brian, if you guys have questions too, throw them at him. But going from like one of the cooler, I guess, tournament stories, I got to hear because people love to hear about heartbreak. Have you ever had something in a tournament that you were like either on like the precipice of winning or something that could have pushed you over the edge, like a top five or whatever? And like something, I guess, 
either dumped a fish, you know, whatever, just like a, I don't know, one of those stories, like, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you've already heard it or heard bits and pieces of it, but our uh, Nick's and myself's first year of PMTT two years ago, um, we went to the championship in first place for team of the year. It was ours to win. We needed one thirty incher to, we were that far ahead of everyone to take top gun. Um, it was on a chip of flowage where we're going back to. Um, so I got a, it's going to end up being a little revenge hopefully this time around, but we, uh, pre-fished for two days. We did catch a fish both days pre-fishing, um, registerable fish. And we moved a couple others, but I think, um, what we had kind of discovered was a spot that ended up being a, just a ton of fish on it. And I uh, had kind of just left it alone once we figured it out and then just went around like looking for other stuff that was similar and just kind of struggled, but maybe picked up one here or there. And they were in places that we weren't even going to go back and fish, which is strange. And don't ask me why I didn't feel like there was going to be any more there, but it, they just weren't, they didn't look like that greatest, greatest spots. And we just got lucky and caught fish. So, um, first, yeah. So that was a Friday, Saturday. If you caught a fish on Friday or Saturday, you could fish Sunday, same as this year. Um, Friday morning, we get out to this spot. We went right to it right away. Cause we knew, you know, we were first to take off being, you know, for, so for the championship, um, it goes by your placing placement and top gun. So we we're in first, so we took off first. So we went, we're like, well, we got to go right to the money spot. And, uh, in the first five minutes, I, uh, <laughs> had a, about a 40 come in on the figure eight, super hot. And I'm like, Oh, it's going to eat. It's going to eat. And I think I have video of this one on YouTube too. And, uh, set the hook perfect. Just hit outside on the figure eight and I drilled back into it and broke off. Oh, um, I thought I got bit off, but, uh, I probably had a bad spot in my line from my fish from pre-fishing. I, Nick had told me to check my line cause the fish that I got, um, gator rolled in the net. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what I was doing, but I ended up like adjusting the boat. And then like, we were talking about something and making other plans and I never did check it. And I don't think I used that rod until, you know, Friday. And, uh, yeah, so there went my favorite bait for the tournament and the fish right off the bat. And I looked at Nick and I said, uh, something's, this is going to be bad. Like I got a horrible feeling about the rest of the tournament and we ended up dumping, um, six total including that one that bit off and it didn't it was like there was absolutely nothing that we could do right but we did everything right to get bites but there was nothing that we could do to get these fish in i don't like we would hook them out on the cast i had a splashdown cast on saturday fish crushes a dusa i fought it all the way to the boat it dove under the boat went out behind the boat swimming away popped off somehow like just came unglued out there Oh my God. Um, you know, halfway back to the boat, um, Nick would get crushed and fight it for like three seconds. Seemed like an eternity, you know, at that time, but, and just yeah. bait flies out. Others on the figure eight, set the hook, couple head shakes, fish gets off. I mean, it was just heartbreak after heartbreak. And Jesus. I think we ended up having more action than anybody else in the tournament. <laughs> we just, oh, just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I couldn't even fathom that like at all. I mean, I, Oh my God. 
Yeah, <laughs> it stings. It's it still stings today because you know we got fourth place then for Top Gun for not catching a fish. You know, so we didn't get anything for anything and went home a day early. Oh, that, I that's, that's gonna sport. be yeah, it's yeah. gonna be hard to top for just worse beats because I mean that's six fish is unheard of. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty unfortunate. The only good thing that did come out of it was we were staying with Blickert's, um, and uh, we told them about the spot where to go. And I was like, if you guys need another fish, because they're like, we have nothing else to go to. We don't know what we're going to do, but keep going back to our same shit. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what, this is where we ended the day on Saturday. I had a follow come in hot, like a 40 incher on the figure eight, just didn't eat that time. That one just followed and never ate. He's right here. Um, I would definitely check that out at Moon, which he did, went there, caught it, and they won the championship. So hmm. a little blessing in disguise for them. It was their time. It wasn't ours. And, uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I like to think maybe I helped out a good friend, and hopefully Karma will come back around someday. Yeah. We're, waiting on, we're waiting on that yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so the 50-incher so must have been before that? Before yeah, so the 50 was in uh, 2020. And okay. uh, two, two years ago, be 2021. Yep, the year so after. You'll, you'll have another one soon then. A good karma still brewing. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be on the chip flowage too during the championship. I think that I think sweet. that's well-deserved at this point after hearing that story. <laughs> I would think so, but that chip can be a bugger sometimes. So, I mean, I, 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 have, I don't know what to think going over there because you just never, you know, yeah. if that bites off, it could be just absolutely brutal. But yeah, no, we're, we're really excited for that. That's going to be fun. We've only been out there once before and the, I don't, I mean, we don't have to get into that whole trip, but we, we did <laughs> a, us three did a trip out to Hayward and talk about things talk about shit going wrong. Just about everything that you could possibly imagine went wrong in about a 48 hour stretch. Yeah, it was just one of those trips from hell. We smoked a deer on the way up there at about <laughs> <Totaled> the car. <laughs> total, we totaled Brian's car on what highway is that? It was like between I don't know. Siren and Hayward, I guess. I'm talking like middle of nowhere in November yeah. with limited service, and it was like 28 degrees outside, and yeah. it with a totaled car on the side of the road, pitch black because it was new moon. Um, <laughs> Not good. Not good. No. So we were going through all our options. Okay, I guess I'll just get into the story because we're just, I guess, swapping fish stories right now. But <laughs> we we go through all our options. We're like, we, do we beg the trip? Gus is already on the way to Hayward. He's coming from Eagle River. We were driving from Minneapolis. We called AAA and like we must have woke this guy up like at his house, like five <laughs> miles down the road. This guy <laughs> the lived in the middle of nowhere. Wow. And we're like, can you tow Brian's car to like just a dealership in Hayward? And we'll like, we'll just dump it in the parking lot. He was just like, yeah, sure. Sounds <laughs> just, just get out <laughs> like, of we don't know if this is like legal or whatever, but like, we were so excited to fish. We just like, we again, like we just weren't thinking correctly. So, but yeah, we, dump, <laughs> we dump, uh, we dump Brian's total car in the like Ford dealership in Hayward at like five forty-five, six in the morning. Gus picks us up. Uh, well, it might have been later because we it, the process took a little bit. But anyways, we dumped the car at the dealership. Gus picks us up. We get out onto the lake and like first drift, sucker rig goes under. Uh, I go to set the hook, set into like a really nice fish. 
fighting it, fighting it, get it up to the boat side and the hook bends out and we dump the fish right at the boat. Like we were just about oh, to die. And the drag locked. I couldn't get, I couldn't free spool it. And it was fighting just like absolutely insane. It was diving on the same kind of thing, diving under the boat, barrel rolling, doing all this crazy stuff. And like, it was, a, it was kind of had that feeling where like shit was already going wrong. And it was just one of those things where you just had that bad feeling like something else is going to go wrong. So we dump the fish. It's really windy. Our trolling motor then just completely takes a shit. And we're trying to figure out how to charge it. We had stayed at this cabin that was on the lake, like a resort kind of area a while back. And we we became friends with the two owners. So we pull up there trying to use their their like outlet. They're not around. So we're like rummaging through this resort that we don't know anyone there to like try to find an outlet, an extension cord to like charge the <laughs> motor. <laughs> We, so we kill like a majority of the day. I mean, the sun, it's November. So the sun sets at, you know, four, four forty-five at this point. Yep. And so we get off the water. We like go to a bar. We pretty much just have a few too many. Um, and we were only doing that day and then Sunday morning. And we we're like, you know what, after today, like, let's just go to an action lake. We were talking with a guy that runs this motel that we were staying at. And he's like, you guys oh, should yeah. really, you guys Forgot should really this. go to this. Like, this is all a long story to get to how we've got out of the Chippewa flowage for a few hours. So he's like, go to this lake. There's a bunch of fish in there. You know, there's some big ones. I've heard it's good in the fall, yada, yada, yada. This guy didn't know what he was talking about. First of all, we're, we don't know what we're doing. Like we're in Hayward, just like bumming around. We went there because it was a middle spot between Minneapolis and Eagle River for a quick trip. And so we, we go, we, we go for you know, respect to the motel guy. We had also done a little bit of research on the lake he recommended and it seemed legit. And he was also like really nice guy. Like yeah, couldn't have been I mean, a nicer guy. <laughs> just so he had he, high hopes. He had a trustworthy, you know, persona about him. So we go to the lake that we're supposed to, that, you know, this, this action, lake. there's no freaking water in it. Like it's literally so there's no water. It was drawn like down like eight vertically. feet. <laughs> All oh. the docks were like hanging up over. You couldn't get a boat in there at all like there there was water in there, but like we go to the, like Gus starts to back down the boat and I start walking. I'm like looking at it and it's pretty early in the morning. I'm like, how is this going to work? And I'm like, wait, it's not at all. This lake is completely drained. The cliff. <laughs> Is it like the Manitouish chain where they um, drain it in the fall or whatever? It might have been. down by a dam or something. So people I... don't have to take their docks out. Interesting. Yeah, I bet wow. that's what it was because there's a dam really close by to where we were launching. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, it, at this point, it's already like 930. Brian and I got to leave. Well, we also have to figure out how the hell we're going to get back to Minneapolis, <laughs> right? Because we don't have a car. Oh shit! Um, yeah, <laughs> and so like it was just a total cluster you know what from the get-go that day so now at this point we're like the internal clock's ticking we're like we have maybe a few hours so we're, we're like well the chip's pretty close we've never been on there that should be easy to figure out yeah. so we just stumble onto this forty thousand acre body of water with no no research nothing so who do we call the hotel manager Trying to get some spots. We call the front desk, like, hey buddy, uh, we're out on the chip. You got any info for us? <laughs> and then we pretty much drove around, casted a few baits, and spent the rest of the day on the phone with AAA trying to find a ride back that never ended up happening. And we had to hosh posh some carpooling and 
Oh, man. Ended up making it back, but yeah, that's the only time we've been on the Chippewa flowage. So I'm hoping that this it looks awesome. Better. Yeah, it looks about all we took away from beautiful. It. Yeah, everything looks awesome out there. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Um. Well, I guess uh, I I did want to ask you, and we we've kind of moved on from this, and then we'll we'll wrap things up. So we've been going on for a while, but have you been fishing like the Vilas County, Oneida County area for for quite some time? How long have you been up here for? I was born and raised up here and okay. I started musky fishing with, uh, I have it on my wall. It's a split bamboo, um, rod. It was my grandparents. And, uh, basically as soon as I was old enough to hold that, I would be fishing with my cousin, my uncle, my grandpa, and then a couple, one of my best friends right now from sock area and his dad. So there's like a group of us and they'd come up a couple times a year and, I always get to hop in the boat with them and we had cast until we couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, and you've been guiding now for, for a bit, I guess you want to kind of expand on that and you know, when you started, what, what your program is right now, name, all that good stuff. Sure. So I started, I guess, part-time a couple years ago. Um, I've always kind of enjoyed taking new people out and the more that I do it, the more I enjoy, you know, watching people catch first, fish even more so maybe than I like catching them myself. And, uh, through some recent life events and stuff that happened, um, kind of changed my outlook on things and decided that maybe it was time to pursue my dream. And, um, I guess it's kind of a family deal. Cause my great grandpa was one of the first guides up here. Um, I know you're familiar with <laughs> off of highway and, mm -hmm. uh, they owned one of the first ever resorts on that body of water. And, um, he guided, out there. Um, and he actually guided some of Dillinger's, uh, group who, oh, um, wow. like Whitey would be, uh, one of the main ones. I don't know if you're familiar with that whole story and everything. Um, but, uh, that was one of their hideouts was his resort there. Oh my God. They, they ended up actually buying the resort from my great grandpa, forced him out, said, Hey, we're going to give you this much money. You can take this little plot of land over here and build your little shack if you want. But we really like this place. We like what you're doing. Um, we're going to continue this relationship, but we are officially going to own this resort now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think uh, we'll, we'll have to have you on again. And, uh, I think we might have to do like a deep dive in the history of the, the Eagle river area. Yeah. I'll tell some stories. I don't know yes. if they'll all be true, but we can make some fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. But that is truth. Um, so yeah, so now I'm trying to guide full time and, uh, my, I formed, uh, my company name is called Thistle do outdoor adventures. And, uh, Thistle do was, uh, my grandparents, business name uh, my grandma had a like a sewing business and my grandpa also guided um so that i kind of drew that from their business and uh basically it's like this will do this will do hmm. um, i target muskies primarily i not i can do bass and walleye and stuff but i prefer not to yeah just gonna try and pick up many people an adventure and show them a good time um really you know, just want to focus on making sure that people are having a good time and, you know, no matter how hard they want to fish or not hard, they want to fish, you know, even if that means just kind of giving them a tour of the area or something, if you're, if we're on like a chain, you know, just going for a boat ride and just making sure, you know, that they're having a good time, but ultimately, you know, we definitely want to catch fish and, uh, you know, I'll be on the water a lot now. And so I should be able to keep my, keep the pattern, 
you know, going and yeah, have some fun with it. I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, we can't thank you enough for coming on. This has been a blast. We'll definitely have to, you know, do it again. Maybe shoot the shit about some, like I said, Eagle River histories, more gangster stories would be pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, You know, that would be that would be awesome. So, yeah, thanks for taking your time. Really looking forward to Vermilion hanging a little bit, uh, you know, more of the uh, up there. So that'll be that'll be a fun time. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait too. That's going to be awesome. But Clayton, before you go, do you want to give out some of your socials or maybe contact info for somebody to get a hold of you? Sure. So you can look me up on uh, Facebook. I do have uh, Thistle Do Outdoor Adventures on Facebook. Um, Clayton Spies is my name, Facebook page. I have Instagram and my YouTube channel for basically for fun, just to show people a little bit what's going on. Um, my phone number is 715 715- Eight nine one one zero four six. You can call or text anytime. My service is pretty limited, but I'll try and get back to you in a timely manner. And yeah, let's go on an adventure. Hell yeah! All right, man. Awesome. Well, you have a good rest of your night, and uh, we'll see you soon. All Thanks right, coming appreciate on, it, Clayton. You bet. Good to see you guys. Yeah, thank week. you, Clayton. All right, guys, that was that was an awesome interview right there with Clayton. Really, really happy to have him on, have our second guest on the podcast. It was a good time talking with them. I hope everybody learned something because I know I did. It's always interesting talking to Clayton. He's full of musky knowledge and loves to talk musky fishing. I think we're for sure going to get him back on the podcast because he's doing the, the full PMTT with us and he's going to be staying with us. So I think that'll be good getting like, another mind and and things to just talk tournament fishing. So I hope everybody enjoyed that and please be sure to, you know, check out Clayton's guide business. This'll do outdoor adventures and, you know, give him a follow. Yeah, that was awesome. He's a really cool dude. I, I like his perspective on musky fishing a lot. That was awesome conversation and yeah, looking forward to, to having him back on and, good to hear some of those stories that, that he had. Uh, and it'll be interesting next time he comes back on to dive a little bit deeper into that, uh, rich history. It sounds like his family had back right. in the day. Those are some interesting things I would really like to know because there's so much, there, there's a ton of history in this area. I mean, it goes way back. I mean, with the gangsters and all that, that's so cool. I mean, we don't know. I don't, I don't really know that much, but I know just bits and pieces and, and yeah, that would be, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't all bad this weekend. Brian and I did sneak out with you Saturday night. We met up with you at a, a different body of water, a good bit of ways just to hang out on the, hang out on the boat and kind of decompress after our long day. And, uh, yeah, ended up getting a nice fish and then, you know, you're, uh, hey, dumping a, a nice fish. About. Yeah. Dumping a nice yeah. fish. Yeah, so you guys went into the tournament and I met up with my buddy Parker and we and we decided to just kind of start at a lake that I mean he didn't know really anything about and I was only there two other times. Uh caught one fish and we just kind of wanted to try some new spots, learn some new things about the lake, uh see if we couldn't dial up a little trolling pattern going and and just kind of just start marking out different spots for maybe in the future. Cause it's got a really good reputation. I want to fish this like a ton more. 
Um, now I'm really determined to because it's been kicking my butt so far. And usually when lakes kick my butt, that makes me really want to just fish them more and more because I know that like any lake up here has got good musky fishing. It's just all about timing and learning the water and learning what they like to eat there. But that ends with just, I think, a side image fish and one one follow on a trolling lure and live scope. And then the weather kind of turns a little juicy that midday. I know Max and Brian were talking about that wind shift happening on Saturday, that wind pickup. And we went to a lake that I also have only fished once. And that one time I was there, raised a very large fish. And we just went, we pretty much got there right before I think that that moon phase started and we just went right to that fish, right to that waypoint pretty much and just raise it again. No bite, you know, it, it was still lazy. I think the same fish, it was hard to tell. It ended up maybe being a little smaller than I thought, but it was still a very nice fish pushing that 44, 45. Definitely going to be after it this year. It just confused me that that first time when I raised that fish that day, I raised it in the morning in bright sun, horrible conditions. And I went back at night on peak moonrise of full moon and the fish was even lazier than the first time and and now i go back during an incredible weather shift huge front coming in you know this week after a long hot week and the fish just does the same thing so this fish is kind of confusing me it's getting me all determined to go after it and we just kind of end up having a little brutal afternoon there and and finally do a third lake change to the lake ultimately wanted to get to where max and brian met up with us and it looked really good i mean this is when the conditions got like what you would call like the mega window basically and we moved fish and i think by that time it was we were there for 20 minutes maybe and then picked up max and brian and we went back to definitely what i would say our a1 spot in this lake and Finally, the the pieces just came together. Everything made sense. Our buddy Parker had a, a little giant killer on, just the actual absolute fish magnet bait in majority of the year, and just smoked a nice upper thirties. And you gotta, the spirits you gotta, are finally high. You got to touch on though what the conversation was like right before he sets into that fish. I mean, are you talking about the part where you came on the boat and ranted for like? 10 minutes immediately or right after that. And you're just like, it would be cool if like, you know, we caught a fish right now and then he caught it. No, he was talking about how he was struggling this year and sorry, Parker, I'm just going to say it, but he's had a lot of close calls with muskies, but he hasn't been able to bag one yet this year. So he's literally talking about how he's like, yeah, maybe it'd be sweet if I caught a fish. Like literally, I think, no, I uh, think he pretty much was talking about that. Yeah, because I, I said something about how I was like, yeah, Parker, you haven't gotten one yet. This And I was like finishing the sentence and literally goes, got one. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you're just and... and you're just like, oh, it better not be a pike. And <laughs> it shows where like my a, mental state was at. Yeah, bad mental state. Just like immediately, you know, going to that. And, you know, Brian goes to the camera. I go to the net really quick and yeah, put her in the bag. And that was that was a nice one. For the first fish of the year, he looked like he had caught 50 muskies so far this year. And that fish fought really hard. I mean, it dug him under the boat, took him kind of around, and he played it out nicely. It was good to see a fish hit the net. Yeah, that was really good to see. Yeah, well fought. And and we felt good. I mean, those conditions just stayed the same, and it just felt like it was only getting better. And 
I threw on my favorite eight nine stagger because I mean I typically really do not throw bucktails that often unless unless I've, I'm kind of in need of a bite if I use a small bucktail or I'm using a big one because I know the conditions are like extra juicy and this was the time and I throw on that bait and and uh, I don't know how long I was I might have been using it for a little bit I think that that window to the next bite kind of took a little while to develop. It was weird. I mean, we just, it felt really good. I think we had to go back to a couple spots, went back to the spot where Parker caught the fish, drifted that same area, pretty much came very close to the waypoint of where he caught that fish. And I took a cast, bucktail hits the water and I get rocked almost immediately. I mean, I know I probably had musky blackout, but I'm pretty sure that this was basically a reaction strike possibly could have eaten anything that landed in his face and, and i i just i laid into it felt really good you know started to thrash on the surface uh came came to the boat so it was a long fight because it, it hit way on the cast and and it just started absolute digging and barrel rolling i think it did once and it it jumped in the air you know multiple feet you know no just thrash on the surface i'm talking just like full airborne twisting and turning yeah. not like the tarpon jump but i mean this thing was screwing around with those hooks and i could see that bucktail out and then it just takes one mega dive under the boat i mean it was like close to the boat when it jumped and it was just too sketchy i think i called off called off the net dove under the boat we got it out of the way you know preparing it for to co- for it to come back up you know usually they're they're digging you got that good tension and and i just come up with a bucktail just popped i think the fish just starts it, it turned its head the wrong way and those jumps really wiggled those hooks free and and i, I don't know it was it was tough it was uh it was about a 44 you know give or take an inch or two you know everybody got a good look at it and that one stung because that ended up being i think the last bite of the night and we just had to get back because you guys fished the tournament all day we were out in the blistering sun as well all day, but I mean, it was just good to see fish really fired up. So I, at least, at least I was really happy about that. Yeah. And then you capped off the weekend with a four fish night in a three hour window. So not all bad things are, things are hopefully shaping up. So if you want to touch on that a little bit, I suppose. And also maybe, I don't know, talk about what your, where your head's at this week for league uh, what you think is going to happen and take us into the 4th of July. I'm sure a lot of people will be up North this weekend. Yeah. I think it's going to be a busy weekend coming up. Uh, we'll get out fishing. We're going to, we're going to bum around, you know, maybe find some new spots on lakes or new lakes, but probably hit some of the mainstays. And, but yeah, after tonight, I finally got the spirits back up of, you know, dumping that big fish Saturday night. I was determined I went out solo, got the trolling rod out, and uh, did a little trolling. Stumbled on a pretty dynamite pattern that I hope I can recreate. And I mean, I I don't know how much I'm gonna I'm gonna say here because it's pretty out of whack. You know, I had to kind of get the the thinking box out and just do something that I almost really don't even know how like my mind came to it, but ended up begging you know, four fish in a, in a three hour window and had to get, and had to leave early well before sunset to get back to, to do this podcast. So I could, 
you know, go to bed at a reasonable time and get up. But yeah, it was a, it was a 42, a 40 and a quarter, 39 and a half and a sub 30. So I will take that all day, every day. I'm just <laughs> super happy that happened. That doesn't, that does not happen very often. And it was just cool. I mean, it was, I was just, I was just smiling. I wish, you know, I wish I had some more company, but it was, it was cool to just stumble on a good pattern solo. Cause that can just be so tough when you're limited on, you know, knowledge lines, all that stuff. So, yeah, you just got to bottle that up. And hopefully that's still going on uh, when I get back up there. I'll be curious to see if that pattern ends up being a, a fluky thing or if it's repeatable. So that'll be interesting. And yeah, I know you got a few guide trips coming up this week. Uh, it seems like your season's really picking up here uh, last, you know, last few weeks and into, into the month of July. So wish you the best of luck with those. Um, but this one's a long one. So I think we can probably put a bow on it. Uh, mm-hmm. apologize to all the listeners for being a little bit of a bitch at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> uh, make sure to bring the energy, uh, next week. Hopefully, uh, we'll have a few more fish stories to tell and, um, maybe get on a, a little bit better of a bite pattern. So anything more to add Gus? I mean, no, not really a whole lot. I mean, I think everyone's just super happy at it. At, honestly, I'm really happy at another cold front, you know, knock down those temperatures. I mean, typically when that, that water gets a little hot and you get that first cool down any time of year, really, it, it kind of sets fish off and, and you can kind of get on a on a good feeding window. And I'm hoping that carries on. That was good today. I think that should be good through some guide trips and leagues. And I just, I just really hope it, it can all carry on because the weather truly does look, it, it does look pretty good. You know, we're, we're getting some good summer storms. It's looking like chances before the weekend weather's unpredictable up here, but yeah, I'm looking forward to get out fishing and I hope everybody who's listening is able to get out fishing. And I'd love to hear some fish stories. If you got them from our listeners, if you got some, or cool catches that you want to share, that would be much appreciated. I know just this week, a listener sent in an awesome fish when he, he responded to a story of mine when I said, oh, the my, the mega window is open. And he's like, yes, it did. And, and you know, sent a, a big fish on top water. And, and that was so cool to see, you know, gave some, gave some praise for the, for the intros with, you know, the movie quotes and sorry that you didn't get to hear one this week. You know, we'll, we'll pick that back up next week. But just want to thank all the listeners for listening in on another podcast. And we'll, we'll see you on the next one. And, and before Brian takes us away on the on the outro here, I'll just quick give my socials for all the new listeners. And you can reach me on Facebook at Suggs Fishing Guide Service or add me as a friend as Gus Manti. And you can find me on Instagram under Suggs Fishing. And you can also get a hold of me to book a trip either on any of those socials or my phone number, which is 920-264-3816. All right, Brian, I think that wraps up the podcast. You want to take it away? Give the folks a good night. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into this week's pod. Very underwhelming for Max and I. Luckily for us and for hopefully everybody listening, we get to uh, indulge in some cold brews over the 4th of July. 
make sure you stay safe uh, while you're doing it this weekend. And for those of you fishing, tight lines. Peace.